0: This is Cashflow Ninja, episode 65, with Holly McCann.
1: Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast empowering and inspiring people to discover how to generate their own income and manage, grow, and protect their own wealth in the new economy. Now, here is your host, MC Laubscheron.
0: Hello everyone, MC Lobster, here and welcome to another episode of the Cash Flow Ninja. Thank you so much for spending your time with me today. I have a great show for you. And the topic of today's show is how to get realtors to bring you deals. Now, when you start your real estate investment business, realtors and real estate brokers are a fantastic source of of investment properties. They have access to the multiple listing service and then also access to pocket listings which is simply listings that are not listed on the multiple listing service of their brokerage firm. Now we're going to discuss how you can find a realtor, what questions to ask a realtor, and how you can train a realtor to bring you the properties that you're looking for to fit your needs and your investment criteria. We're also going to discuss how you can align your interests with a realtor and how to network with realtors and other professionals to grow your real estate investment business. My guest today is Holly McCann of houseflipmasters.com and Holly's done over 200 fix and flips in Southern California. She began her career as a CPA working for Ernest & Young and also earned an MBA in finance. She jumped into real estate investing in 2008 as the market was still declining, and after buying the first 100 houses at auctions, she turned her focus to networking for acquisitions and has acquired over 100 houses this way. She also holds long-term rentals in Southern California, as well as a transitional living facility. Being a licensed active realtor also brings Holly fulfillment as she helps people buy and sell their homes. Now, Holly is a real estate rock star and a real estate professional. She has a real estate business where she buys properties, fixes them, and flips them. So just a word of caution, Holly is a professional when it comes to fixing and flipping homes. Holly first invested in her financial education and also developed the skill set over time. She also had mentors helping her, and her and her husband Are very experienced when it comes to this business. They've developed systems, they've automated systems and processes, and this is one of their businesses. Then she also has the real estate brokerage business, and then Holly and her husband are also investors in long term property rentals that provide them income streams. So, If you're looking to create extra income and looking for a real estate business where you're going to fix and flip properties, I would definitely recommend investing in your financial education and developing that skill set. Find mentors that can help you and guide you along the way. This is something that you should invest the time And energy first to increase your education and skill set before you invest a cent and try to do something like this. Now before we are joined by Holly, just a reminder that you can share your feedback and thoughts on today's interview with me on Twitter at MC Lobster, or by email, info at com, And please remember to join our mailing list by signing up at com or texting CashflowNinja, one word, all capitalized, to 44. 44- Two 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 that's two fours and three twos. As some of my listeners may know, I live in Newtown, Pennsylvania, a town that's about forty five minutes away from Philadelphia, the birthplace of the United States, the home of the Cheesesteak, the Rocky Steps, and also the hometown of the beloved founding father. Benjamin Franklin. Benjamin Franklin believed an investment in knowledge pays the best interest and early to bed and early to rise makes a man healthy, wealthy, and wise. The Cashflow Ninja have aligned itself with partners that aims to empower you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Our healthy partner on it provides supplements, nutrient-dense and earth-grown foods, and fitness equipment to help you achieve your next level of well-being and total human optimization. Our listeners can get a 10% discount with coupon code GETONIT at CashflowNinjaHealth Dot com. Our wealthy partner, Fundrise, gives everyone the opportunity to invest directly in high-quality real estate without the middleman. Fundrise makes the process of investing in the highest-quality commercial real estate from around the country simple, efficient, and transparent. You can get started with as little as a $1,000, and you do not have to be an accredited investor to participate in some of their offerings. You can check them out at CashflowNinjaWealth.com. And our wise partner, Audible, offers a free audiobook download. When you try Audible for 30 days, you can download your free audiobook download at cashflowninjabook.com. If you're interested in supporting our show, you can also do your Amazon shopping through our homepage at cashflowninja.com forward slash Amazon. The holiday season is upon us, and we appreciate all of your support.
2: Hey, this is John Lee Dumas from Entrepreneur on Fire, and you're listening to the Cashflow Ninja podcast with your host, MC Lobsher. You must be prepared to ignite.
0: Holly, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: Can you please share a little bit about your background and journey as an entrepreneur, business owner, and real estate rock star?
2: Oh, I'm a rock star now. I love it. (laughs) Sure, I'd be happy to. And I never would have guessed that I would be an entrepreneur. When I was growing up, my father worked in the aerospace industry in Los Angeles, middle class family, mom stayed home with the kids. And I just thought that's what everyone did. You know, you work for corporate America, get a good job get a good security pension, and, and that's the direction I took. I studied accounting in college and became a CPA, went to work for Ernst & Young, did taxes, wasn't in love with it, but I knew I was supposed to be working in corporate America. Well, I did work doing taxes for five years and got married, had my first baby, and, and stayed home with the child, would work tax seasons only. But I started to get that entrepreneurial interest and bug, maybe you would say. And um, really how my husband and I together launched into this is he, who had been working for home builders, came to me one time and said, you know, if I'd bought that piece of land my boss didn't want out in Corona, California, you know, we could have made $10 million. I'm like, what are you talking about? How, what? $10 million, what the heck? There's no way. And, you know, we were, I would call us middle class, working away, but he said, I'm going to go look for a piece of land. So long story short, he did that. He found a piece of land, got it entitled, developed, flipped it to a builder, and we cashed out right at the peak of the market in 2006, and he quit his job. We did not make anywhere near $10 million, I'll say that, but we made a good chunk and decided to start flipping houses. And we became house flippers and have flipped over 200 houses in Southern California since um, 2008, I think is when we kind of got into that.
0: Now, and you work a lot with real estate investors. So for listeners that want to get involved with real estate investing, and they're looking at sources of how to find properties, what are some of the advantages of using a realtor to find these investment properties?
2: Well, I will tell you a quick backstory on the realtor thing that I became so good at through trial and error. Is the first hundred houses we bought, we bought through auction, where you just show up at the courthouse with cash, and we could buy a house. It was so easy. Within 24 to 48 hours, we'd always have our cash respent after we'd cashed out of a deal. While well, big hedge funds moved in and pushed us little guys out of the way. Because they would pay so much more for houses, even up to full market value. It just made no sense. We couldn't flip them anymore. So my husband turned to me and said, Holly, you like to talk and be social. Go network with some realtors and find us some deals. So I did that. And realtors are a great source of finding real estate. I know it sounds like a little weird. Well, of course they are. Not all realtors understand what an investor is looking for. But they're a great resource for both cash-flowing rental properties as well as houses to flip.
0: And You make a very, very good point. Not all realtors specialize and know what investors are looking for. They each specialize in a different area. Now, how can investors find a realtor to work with, and where do they need to look to find them?
2: Well, you can look in many places. I actually went to my local realtor board, which um, they have meetings in that area once a week, um, or you can go to what's called broker previews or caravans, and that's where the realtors congregate. You network with them, introduce yourself, and I even actually created a little flyer that I would hand them and say... I think the title of it was How Would You Like to Get Two Commissions on Every Deal? You know, I made it about what's in it for them, not, Hi, I'm an investor and I'm looking to buy property. No, it's in it, What's in it for them, which I've learned from studying marketing and sales. So you approach them and you tell them, how you're going to pay them two commissions. You're going to give them a commission when they find a property that is a good fit for you, and then you'll give them a commission as the listing agent on the other side when they go to resell it. And I've offered that even on rental properties. I say, hey, you get that listing when I sell it. It might be a few years from now or many years from now, but I will still try to sell it with you if you're still a realtor. And that really gets their attention.
0: And even if it's a buy and hold, they can get a commission from just renting it out for you.
2: Absolutely. I have approached realtors in like grocery store parking lots. If I see them drive up and they have like a car magnet or some open house signs, you know, once your reticular activating system is aware and you're alert to that, I don't know if you've heard that term, but it's kind of like the concept of, oh, once you get, um, If you go out and buy yourself a white Mercedes, suddenly you see all these white Mercedes on the road and it seems like everyone's driving a white Mercedes. You just are aware of it. Look for signs of realtors. Sometimes they wear their little name tags in the grocery store. Go to open houses and meet them. Hey, they're excited if it's a slow day to have someone to talk to, um, a prospective buyer. So just be aware and and look for for those realtors. They're excited to meet people that want to buy homes.
0: And then so now you've, you've found the realtor you've, that you've connected with and share kind of like the same values and they know what you're, what you're looking for. But how do you train them exactly what to send to you? Because this is a time-consuming process looking at properties and maybe some of the listeners start investing in real estate obviously part-time and they have other uh, day jobs that they, that they go to and invest in real estate after they, the, in the after hours. So, what do you, tra- how do you train uh, these realtors of what to send to you?
2: Well, you have to do it very carefully, I would say. You don't want to come out of the gate being too intimidating because then they might think they can't do it. Some realtors are very alert and aware to what an investor is looking for, and others have no idea. They're used to working with maybe a home buyer where it's an emotional decision and the people are concerned about what color the kitchen is or what color the outside of the house is. Whereas an investor, you really don't care about those things. So you train them on what to look for. And, and right now I'll speak specifically to um, how I look for houses to flip. And then, of course, you could you know, convert that if you're looking to buy cash flow properties or rental properties. But I will tell them I'm looking for ugly, stinky, nasty, moldy, garbage-filled hoarder houses. You know, anything that they think is undesirable. Anytime they see a problem property, I want them to think of me. Even though it's a negative connotation, I want them to think of me. And I tell them, please send me an email. In the subject line, I want them to tell me the purchase price of the home the after-repaired value, and the address of the home. So I can even see what city, because I all work multiple cities. So I can instantly know whether I want to spend some time and energy focusing on that deal.
0: Now, can you explain to the listeners too, so when they look through it, say there's the property, that often repair value, because this is, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of realtors that's going to specialize in this. Can you explain how they would determine that, uh, whether the, you know, whether my listeners will say, okay, well, that makes sense, that's realistic, or that's just a number that somebody pulled out of the air?
2: Sure, yeah. So going into a little more depth on this email, I'll tell them, Give me those three that I want three things in my email. Number one, purchase price, which might be lower than list. Or maybe the property isn't even listed. It might be, you know, another listing, a pocket listing of someone in their office. So what can I buy it for? Number two, at the after-repaired value with comps to support it. So I tell them I want comps of fixed-up houses because I'm going to fix up my house Beautifully, it's going to be equal to or just a little bit above the other ones in the neighborhood because I want it to sell quickly with lots of offers. And on comps, I want similar year built, similar condition, similar size, similar views. If it backs up to a freeway or you know, something a school, you know, I just want them to be similar as similar as they can get them. And then third, I want them to tell me what repairs are needed in the house, and rather than I don't want them to feel intimidated or overwhelmed. I say, hey, I don't expect you to know what construction costs are. Just tell me what you think the house needs. For instance, is it, does it have a big hole in the roof? Oh, we know that needs a new roof. Or is the roof 50 years old? We're going to need a new roof there. Does it need a new kitchen? Does it need new bathrooms? So what in that neighborhood should I do to improve it to the to the level that it's going to sell quickly?
0: And then also for the buy and hold investors, reach out to like a property manager and make a call and try and figure out and ask the real because the realtor will know as well what some of the rental rates are in that area and what properties like that will typically rent for. Um, and then also just make a couple of phone calls to four or five property manage, managers just to get a, a sufficient market information to make an informed choice. And then of course, You know, you have to uh, get pre-approved for your mortgage and get your financing done to see how you can make this happen and what cash flow in a buy and hold situation this property would produce for you.
2: Absolutely. And to make yourself desirable for the realtor to work with, have a game plan for your financing. Don't show up to a realtor. Go through all this stuff with them and then they send you a deal And you go, oh well, I don't know how I'm going to pay for that, or I, oh, I got to go look for a loan now. No, have your game plan ready to go. Whether it's maybe you've got a joint venture with someone else is going to be your money partner. Maybe you're getting a conventional loan, which you can't do on fixer uppers that won't qualify for conventional financing if there's something really bad like mold or needs a new roof really desperately. Or you know, maybe you have a hard money loan lined up, but get that ready to go so you look awesome to that realtor and they're excited to do business with you.
0: There's a lot of valuable points here. So the first thing, too, you've got to be very specific of what you're looking for. And as Ollie explained, um, that's how you're going to get – the realtors to send you those properties of exactly what you're looking for. Very important to communicate and also what what you're not looking for. And then, as Holly just mentioned, have your financing ready to go, guys, because that's when people will take you seriously. Have your own business plan set up. Have your financing ready. Know your strategy. Know at what price levels you want to buy. Know the rent that those properties go for in the area that you're looking for. And know exactly what tenants you need to market to to fill that or the property management company that if you if you want them to take it over. So you've got to have your ducks in a row because then Realtors will take you seriously. And Holly mentioned a very important term there that I'm going to ask her to explain, the pocket listing. Holly, can you tell them for listeners that do not know what a pocket listing is, what that is?
2: Thank you for asking that. I've been doing this so long I forget um, Some of this jargon is new to other people. A pocket listing is so awesome and exciting. What that means is a realtor will have a listing agreement, a listing contract signed, but it's not yet in the multiple listing service. It's not public. So sometimes realtors will um, share with each other or with their investors listings that are coming up. I mean, I have one like that. Right now in San Clemente, California, it's not on the market, but I've told my office mates about it, and I even have a coming soon sign out on the property. So that's another thing you can look for. Maybe you, if you're driving by a property and you see a coming soon sign on it or a realtor sign, pull out your phone and see if it's already in Zillow and Redfin or Trulia or whatever you have access to. Because if it's not, you might get a good deal or be the one to get the deal to jump on it before the rest of the world knows about it
0: and That's to the point that you made earlier. If you have your ducks in a row and you're specific, you've got your financing, your strategy, you have a game plan and they take you seriously, they will provide those pocket listings to you. Otherwise, they're going to take it to someone that that will have their ducks in a row. So I'm just thinking about some of the experiences uh, when I was in the real estate industry years ago too. Uh, A lot of the major multifamily buildings that I was involved with when they became – for sale basically none of them ever made the mls because there was already serious buyers that the office that these uh, sellers would go to they already have buyers lined up that they could take them to the day and basically get them under contract within a week
2: yep absolutely hey and i'd love to um sh- share a story about an agent in palm springs i worked with if that's okay yeah absolutely this guy was really smart. he's he still is really smart, really experienced. And I had someone who was working with me representing me to go find deals for me. And so we'll call him Joe. So Joe was out, you know, presenting Holly as this great flipper, and Holly's looking for houses to buy. And Joe came across my agent named Byron. And Byron wasn't really giving him, I guess, too much, Attention until Joe presented him with my LLC docs and a proof of funds and my story that I, at that point, I'm sure I'd already flipped 100 houses and that I was a serious player. And when I talked to Byron later, who I've now done over 10 flips with, he said, Oh, I hear so many people say I'm an investor, I'm a cash buyer, but when push came to shove, maybe they were wholesalers without any financial backing, they couldn't perform. And he'd been embarrassed and burned by getting deals under contract that his buyers couldn't perform on. And it was just so embarrassing and humiliating to him. And he had this great reputation that he didn't want soiled and tarnished. So he was so appreciative when the person representing me gave him my LLC docs, proof of funds showing you know I had access at that point to a million dollars. I was a serious player. And it went great. And Byron and I, like I said, went on to do many deals. And also, let me emphasize, it's important that you do what you say you're going to do. I told Byron, I will relist the property with you if you help me get it. And he brought me other people's pocket listings. He knew what was going on in his market. But I'll tell you, if I didn't perform, I know he would have dropped me. I mean, integrity is really important.
0: Absolutely. No, a very, very valid point. No, Holly, after you've set up basically uh, your sourcing system for these properties, you've built relationships with the realtors, um, how many times a week do you a month how many times do you follow up with these realtors?
2: Well, I definitely have room for improvement on that. I would say that you should follow up on a weekly basis. People get busy. And if they're not busy, you probably don't want to be working with them. But successful realtors are very busy and distractible. And we have, I mean, I'm a realtor too. We have lots of fires that come up that we worry about putting out. So in order to stay top of mind, I would recommend that you email them probably once a week or every two weeks. You don't want to overload and bombard them. And maybe you ask them, hey, is it okay if I email you once a week? And I've done that, and I put different subject lines in my email to kind of catch their attention. So one time I would say, I'm looking for water-damaged houses and quick close, pay cash, something like that. And I have my realtors on a group on my Gmail so that I can just... Email, you know, like a 100 realtors with one email. Hey, looking for fire-damaged houses. Seen any stinky houses or smelled any stinky houses lately. Give me a call. I'm ready to buy with cash. So email's a great way. I also, one of the ones that I've done that I have a relationship with, like a closer rather than just real, oh, I met him one time at a networking thing. I will send texts, you know, individual texts. Hey, um, have you come across any houses lately? Have you seen any problems? Or even Facebook messages and try and be complimentary on Facebook. Oh, their kid was at an awards assembly getting that. So right on their Congratulations. And then they like, oh, yeah, Holly. Oh, yeah, she wants those ugly, stinky houses. It just triggers their mind to keep you at the forefront of their mind.
0: Right. Now, Holly, how many um, realtors would you suggest that people work with and source uh, their properties from?
2: It really depends on your area and the realtor. Maybe one realtor – I mean, I know a guy that he basically ran his whole business with one realtor who – essentially worked for him full time i mean he was always looking for deals and helping oversee the renovations which my guy byron oversaw my renovations for me it was great he was really into it um but maybe you need to have a list of 10 or 20 maybe you need 100 and you try them some are going to bring you things others won't it's just kind of a hit or miss at the beginning and those that show promise nurture those relationships and give them feedback that this is also really important if you reject a deal tell them why oh you know the purchase price was too high or oh i disagreed with your after repaired value you know i thought it would sell for 50 grand less than you said and this is why so the more you train them and educate them the more they'll be able to work for you effectively
0: yeah because very important point interests are aligned here so they're trying to provide as much value as possible to you to get you a property that fits your needs and get it sold because that's how they get paid, and obviously you are trying to find that property, so as Holly mentioned, the more that you can educate and coach them along, the better it is for everyone and all the interests that are uh, aligned in this in this uh, transaction,
2: yeah, absolutely. Can no. I talk a little bit? Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but no, if you'd no. like, I could talk to you about what I do with them during the transaction, too. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I set an expectation with them when we're in escrow to resell the property that I'd like them to email me or call me, but you know, email's fine, twice a week with progress on the transaction. I don't want to be surprised you know, four weeks into a four-week transaction where they say, oh, well... They didn't get their loan approved. Well, we should have known that, you know, a week in. But if the realtor isn't staying up on top of things, that's not going to happen. So part of having them email me twice a week is to trigger their mind to be making progress on the transaction and doing their job to follow up with all the parties that need following up with. I mean, here we have termite inspections in California. We need to make sure that gets done, requests for repairs, all of that. And one other thing is, I am very, I'm a pretty upfront, open, maybe blunt person. I'll tell them, tell me the truth. If you think the house needs to have, you know, the backyard patio restained because it looks bad or. The cleaning people aren't getting there often enough and there's a problem with that. Just tell me the truth. This is a business for me. It's not emotional. It's not going to hurt my feelings to say, "Oh, people don't like it because of this or that. I want to know. So I open the door for them in advance to be very honest and give me honest feedback. I don't cry about it when they tell me, like, thank you for telling me that. Let's see how we can improve this and resolve it and make it better. But realtors are used to working with sellers who are emotionally attached to their home when it's a home they live in and they're used to not hurting people's feelings in that way so that's a different way that you got to train them in that too
0: and you've invested in real estate you've got buy and holds and then obviously of the business side which is the cash generator of flipping these properties what are some of the different strategies of when you look at a property that you say well I can flip that one or that's one that I'd rather buy and hold and rent out to create income streams for me
2: For me personally, it's all about rental income. So in Southern California, where I live, I live really near the coast. Lucky for me, feels like vacation here. But I would never want to hold rentals here because when you look at the rent compared to the value of the home, it's really bad. Um, Just not attractive. I think people invest in this area as a... You know, inflation hedge, they want to just hold the value of their investment, they're not making good cash flow. So when we move over to the Inland Empire, an area called Riverside, Riverside County, the numbers are way better. And that's where I hold my rentals. Um, You could do short-term rentals or vacation rentals here by the coast, and that works really well. So you've got to know your numbers. And one of my favorite websites to look at rental values is called rentometer.com. Have you heard of that, and have you ever looked at that, MC?
0: I have not. That's a fantastic resource, so thank you for sharing that. It
2: is rent, the letter O, and meter. And it is fantastic. It shows you a map with rental values in the area around what you're looking at. And you can see like the median rents. And look at that. I mean, I like to follow the 1% rule that people sometimes talk about where you want to get 1% of the purchase price of the home per month in rent. So if a home, you buy a home for $100,000, 1% of that is $1,000. So you want to get $1,000 per month in that gross rent, and I I follow that rule of thumb, and it works great for me. And you can only do that in I mean, you can't even do that in some of the Inland Empire areas because our market's gone so high. So it's probably time to look out of state if you're looking to meet that rule. You're not going to really meet it in Southern California anymore. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, very, very important point you just brought up. you got to look at the numbers. And as you previously said too, this is a business. It's non-emotional. So if the numbers don't add up and make sense, look at different areas or even out of state, which is a lot easier to do today than, say, 20 or 30 years ago.
2: Oh, even than five years ago. Right. Our world is shrinking with the amazing resources of the Internet and Skype and the ability to build relationships with other investors in other states. Maybe you find someone on biggerpockets.com, which is a real estate investing website, and you find somebody in Alabama and you team up with them and do Skype calls. You can still see each other face-to-face through the computer and and build teams that way. It's a great opportunity.
0: Yeah, we do live an amazing time. Now, Ali, as an entrepreneur and investor, we face adversity, and it's not always rainbows and unicorns. What are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned and the best advice you've gotten on your journey?
2: Biggest lessons. I would say the biggest lesson I've learned is just to keep going. You're going to have challenges. You're going to have problems. I, I have houses now. I've got three homes in Palm Springs that I expected to sell last spring which is the best season they call it they call that you know january to april the season and i've got high caring costs on some of them and i could sit here and cry about it and i occasionally complain once a month i have a little complaining fest but then it's like nope i just keep on going you you look for the best possible solutions to everything and you keep going I mean entrepreneurs are people that solve problems for a profit. If we didn't have problems, we wouldn't get be we wouldn't be getting paid if that makes sense. Right. But we take on problem houses and we fix them. I, I fix them and fix them flips or I take I solve the problem for people that need rentals, that need nice good clean safe homes to live in and I'm solving the problem of oh my gosh, the septic tank has a problem and that's going to be money and you know dealing with that but that you just got to keep on going and don't give up.
0: Now, one habit I've observed from wealthy and successful people is that they're always studying new subjects and they're learning new skills. What are you currently studying and what skill sets are you currently learning?
2: I'm currently listening to podcasts. I love podcasts. They're my favorite thing, so I'm glad you're doing one. I love to learn lately about marketing, and it applies to me in multiple ways. But you know, this one I was listening to today, Story Brand Podcast, um, they talk about learning your customer's pain and presenting to them how you solve it. This applies to so many things in life. It applies to, you know, making your kids and your spouse happier. What are the things that, that bother them and how can you make their life better? I do it for my tenants. What is the way to make my tenants home they live in better or how they pay the rent or how fast their repairs get done? Um, dealing with the realtors like we talked about today. What's their pain? They want to make more money. How do you sell it? You're giving them the opportunity to find properties for you and get paid for doing that. So I love learning about sales and marketing and then applying it to all areas of life.
0: Now, Holly, a core message in our show is to leave our families and communities and the world better than we found it by passing down a mindset and values and principles to future generations, not just money. So if you cannot pass on any money to future generations and we're only allowed to pass on three principles to them to build wealth and achieve happiness and success, what would they be? First one,
2: live below your means. This was taught to me really well by my father, the conservative aerospace engineer who would do spreadsheets by hand before we even had Excel. And he did his little budget and always, you know, carefully calculated how much We spent as a family in different things. So he was a great role model to me, and I really appreciate that. But it's so important to not rack up those credit card bills. Save as much as you can of your income that you can then turn into investments for cash flow or for ultimate nest egg building, for equity building and wealth building. Number two, take educated risks. So don't be so fearful with that money. You're putting it in the bank and earning 0.02% annual interest. Forget that. Take some risks, but be educated about them. Learn, you know, by listening to podcasts. Listen to this great podcast. I love the title, Cashflow Ninja. Love it. So (laughs) become a cashflow ninja. Learn how to invest for higher returns than you're going to get in mutual funds. And then my third point of advice would be to to celebrate when you do things well and give yourself a pat on the back. The celebration may not be a trip around the world or a cruise around the world. Maybe the celebration is you know, going down and having a little picnic on the beach or in the forest behind your house or whatever, but just giving yourself that celebration because actually that's really powerful for your subconscious mind. When you celebrate and your subconscious mind receives that, it wants to do, gets you to do more of the activity that you did to allow yourself to celebrate. So celebrate yourself and your wins and keep going.
0: Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, Holly, what books would you recommend to my listeners?
2: Well, my book of the day today is because it's so appropriate for what we talked about with building relationships, which I attribute my uh, relationship building to making so much money and creating such a wonderful life for my family. The book of the day is How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And the way I recommend people consume this book is by one chapter a day at the most, or maybe it's one chapter every couple of days. So read a chapter, maybe the chapters on learning a person's name and saying that person's name repeatedly to them because that's what makes someone feel really special and connected to you. And then apply that, practice it throughout the day and really master the concepts in that book and it can make you rich.
0: <laughs> it's a fantastic uh, recommendation. It's one of the books that definitely changed my life. I would highly recommend th- this book. Holly, how can my audience learn more about you and your company and all of the projects that you're involved with?
2: Well, thank you for asking. I have a website called com, and people can get a free report on there. My little top tips and secrets and strategies for finding real estate deals by going to that website. I mean, one thing that sets me apart from other people is I've never done any marketing for deals like a lot of investors have, but I've bought over 100 houses just from making friends with people and networking and finding the deals that way. So I share a lot of that um, on my website and hopefully it can provide some value to your
0: listeners. That's a great resource, and you have a you have a wonderful podcast on there as well.
2: Oh, yes. Thank you. Yes, I have Secrets to Real Estate Investing by House Flip Masters, and I do share lots of great tips on there, and you were a great guest of mine on there, too, sharing some excellent advice. So thanks for being on the show.
0: Oh, thank you, and thank you so much for coming on the show today and uh, just sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value to my listeners. I had a blast. Well, thank you. It's been really fun. Hi, this is MC Lobshire, the host of the Cashflow Ninja podcast. As you may know, I'm also the president and chief wealth strategist of Valhalla Wealth Financial. We help individuals, families, small businesses, entrepreneurs, and professionals build their wealth outside of Wall Street and help investors maximize the use of every dollar in their personal economy and boost their investment gains. We do this by combining their capital and investments with the financial vehicle of the wealthy, according to the infinite banking concept. If you are interested in learning more, you can email me at info at cashflowninja.com and I will send you a copy of Nelson Nash's book, Becoming Your Own Banker. Thank you so much for joining me and my guest Holly McCann on the Cashflow Ninja podcast today. Holly recommended a fantastic book that had a huge impact in my life, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. If you're interested in a free copy, please text FRIENDS to 44222. That's FRIENDS to 44222. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here at the Cashflow Ninja, please subscribe, rate and review our show on iTunes, and share our show with friends, family, and your network. I really have been humbled by your support and feedback, and if there's any way that I could provide more value to you and serve you better, please reach out to me at info at cashflowninja.com. Don't forget to take advantage from our partners that aims to empower you to be healthy, wealthy, and wise. Our wealthy partner, it provides supplements, nutrient-dense and earth-grown foods, and fitness equipment to help you achieve your next level of well-being and total human optimization. Our listeners can get a 10% discount with coupon code IT at CashflowNinjaHealth.com. Our wealthy partner, Fundrise, gives everyone the opportunity to invest directly in high-quality real estate without the middlemen. Fundrise makes the process of investing in the highest-quality commercial real estate from around the country simple, efficient, and transparent. You can get started with as little as a $1,000, and you do not have to be an accredited investor to participate in some of their offerings. You can check them out at CashflowNinjaWealth.com. And our wise partner, Audible, offers a free audiobook download. When you try Audible for 30 days, you can download your free audiobook download at CashflowNinjaBook.com. That's our show for today, everyone. Until next time, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms.